the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Well, it seems that there has been an influx of youth in the starting rotation for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Welcome to the Ain't No Fang podcast. I'm Steve Zinsmeister alongside Cody Fincher as well. Yet another major league debut for a starting pitcher in this organization. This time, it's Dre Jamison. You might know that name. Uh, Drafted, I believe, in the 2019 class with some of the other great pitchers. I think that was the year they had seven seven picks in the top 75. And Dre Jamison has now made his way to the major leagues in the same year that we got Tommy Henry, the same year that we got Ryan Nelson. It's just a plethora of youth in the rotation, Bear. You know, the... The D-backs should probably make it, and it seems like they have been making it a point to debut their young pitchers against the San Diego Padres yeah. um, because Tyler Gilbert, no hitter, in his first ever start against the Padres. Um, this season, Ryan Nelson went seven scoreless. And then last night, Dre Jameson goes seven scoreless all happening against the Padres. I don't know what it is, but um, if you, if hey, PSA to all these teams, if you want your some pitchers makes a major league debut, uh, maybe do it against the Padres. Um, but it's, it's, he, Dre Jameson was dominant last night. I mean, he, he might've been able, if he, if it wasn't his first start and I don't, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like, Tori Lavello is the his philosophy is to let guys go super deep into games. I was actually surprised that he even came out in the seventh inning, um, but he might have been able to eight innings. He was thrown super hard. His first strikeout was of Juan Soto on a ninety-eight mile an hour fastball on the inside corner. The dude's throwing hard. His slider looked really good. He seemed pretty poised out there too, like he wasn't uncomfortable at all. Um, and that was great to see. Um, so. I, I, I am encouraged by, I mean, I know it's only one game, but I am encouraged what I saw from Dre Jameson last night. I was watching through some of the highlights of his strikeouts after the game was over. And it's certainly an impressive outing. He's a little bit different than anything else they have in the rotation. He's, he's kind of a fireballer. He throws pretty hard and that's kind of refreshing to see a young guy who just has a cannon. And that's not something that the diamondbacks have really had in the rotation in recent years. I mean, you know, for so many years, we watched Zach Granke pick people apart. He was a finesse guy. Madison Bumgarner is not a not a strong uh, heat guy. How many times have we talked times have we talked about those two guys and how their fastballs don't reach ninety in spring training? Uh, Dre Jameson was blown at by guys in the strike zone. My one issue is it hasn't arisen yet, but a lot of those strikeouts were on fastballs right over the plate. And guys just weren't catching up to it. I think that's probably a testament to them not having seen this particular pitcher before. Eventually, guys are going to start hitting that ball hard. Uh, You can't leave the ball up over the zone consistently and have success that way. Really, the only guys who have success with that are Otani and DeGrom, and that's a whole other level of fastball. Uh, so I would like to see him be a little bit more selective in his locations, but in a first major league start, I mean, it can't get much better than this. This is really about as good as it gets. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, I was, I was surprised, but I mean, again, we've seen it happen against the Padres so much. I'm like, oh yeah, just another D-backs rookie making his debut against the Padres and completely dominating them. Uh, ESPN stats and info tweeted this out last night. Um, it says September 5th, Ryan, Ryan Nelson, seven scoreless tonight, Dre Jameson, seven scoreless. 
The Arizona Diamondbacks teammates are the first to uh, first to each throw seven plus scoreless innings in their MLB debuts in the same season since oh, you're ready for these all time great names, Steve. Yeah. Andy Andy Van Hecken nine innings pitch and Mike Moroth seven <laughs> innings each did it for the Tigers in 2002. I'm like, I was I was reading this tweet last night for the first time and I'm like, oh, I wonder who who are the all time greats that have done this. And I saw those names. I'm like, ah. Okay, well, that's a kind of a cool tweet still, I guess. I don't know who any of those people are, but um, first time in 20 years that something like that has happened. That's pretty cool. Um, and I, I'm thinking about this, just the future. Like, <laughs> I was thinking about the future last night, and to me, uh, I just put it out there. Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, Tommy Henry, Ryan Nelson, and Jay, Dre Jameson. I mean, looks like a fun rotation. Sounds like a good rotation to me. And then, of course, I forgot Brent, Brandon Fott is going to be in there somewhere. So I, I don't know where he f- fits in just yet. But, uh, of course, Tommy Henry's down in AAA right now. But, um, I mean, the Diamondbacks, their young guys right now are are coming up and they're playing really well. They're pitching really well. The the outfielders they brought up this year have been really good. Um, it's just – it's been – it's been a pleasant surprise this late in the season, how well the young guys are playing. It's making me and other fans too excited about watching D-backs baseball again. Yeah. And what it means in the short term, I guess is kind of up in the air because you know, the season's so close to being done. There's only like two weeks left in the regular season. This doesn't appear to be a playoff team. So, you know, what does it really mean? Well, if you look, if you fast forward to spring training, uh, Madison Bumgarner is going to have a spot in this rotation, despite how poorly things have gone in the second half of the season. Uh, he's their highest paid player in the organization. I doubt anybody would take the, uh, that contract off of their hands. So I anticipate Madison Bumgarner will be in this rotation, along with Zach Gallon. just set a record for the franchise uh, for scoreless innings. He's not going anywhere. Merrill Kelly, I think the Diamondbacks value Merrill Kelly more than any other organization in baseball would. So he's not going anywhere. So you've got your top two. Maybe Kelly is more of a three or a four down the road. But for now, you have your one and your two. Bumgarner is kind of instinctually your three by default. And then you've got two open slots there in a traditional five-man rotation for some of these young guys. Tommy Henry has the most starts. He's got seven starts. He hasn't been particularly great. He's got a five-and-a-half ERA. His ERA plus is 75, so he's he's well below average right now. But Ryan Nelson had one really good debut. Star. He's got two starts, and he's been very good in 13 innings, 13 strikeouts. Dre Jamison, we just mentioned, had a great debut. It's not a big sample size. But like you mentioned, Brandon Fought coming down the pike. Uh, you got Blake Walston. You've got other guys like Bryce Jarvis was a first-round pick, Slade Ciccone. There's a lot of young starting pitching right now. And the question is, how are the Diamondbacks going to go about determining which ones are valuable enough to be in the starting rotation going forward? And like you and I have talked about ad nauseum over the last couple of years, are they going to use the bullpen as a proving ground to work your way into the rotation? I just looked at their schedule, um, and if I counted correctly, there's a doubleheader in there somewhere. They have they have 18 games left, the Diamondbacks do, in the season. And I'm not sure if we're going to see Brandon Fott this year because, I mean, they only have 18 games left. And, I mean, I figure you would have seen him by now if they were going to call him up, right? But um, – I don't know. I, and you and I have been talking about for a while, like 
Dre Jameson is kind of that guy that we may be like, oh, maybe he can be a relief pitcher. Maybe he can be in the bullpen, you know? Um, we've also talked about Blake Walston. Whenever he gets his shot, maybe he's a bullpen arm. He throws really hard. Um, I was, I mean, I, I hope, the hope is that all these guys can work out as starters, but you only have five spots to, you know, in the rotation. So if you want these guys on your major league team, then yeah, some of them are going to have to be in the bullpen. I don't know who that is and how they determine that. I don't know if you determine that in spring training. Do you determine that how they do in, in the big leagues? I, I don't know how they determine that, you know, make that decision. Um, But they certainly have, a lot of options and a lot of good options. It looks like for what they're going to do with their rotation and their bullpen. But I mean, just speaking of the bullpen, that, that bullpen, that needs to be the number one priority. This off season is acquiring relief pitchers and shoring up that bullpen, because that has been the Achilles heel of this team all season long, whether it's Mark Melanson, Ian Kennedy, um, you know, other guy, I mean, Joe Mantiply has been pretty good, you know, for the most part this year, he's had a couple bad outings and obviously he made the all-star team, but they need to, they need to go out and get some bullpen help for sure. This, and I I don't know where that comes from. Does that come from some of these minor league guys? Does it come from a trade? Does it come from free agency? I don't know. So we'll see. I think Kyle Nelson could be an interesting piece moving forward in the bullpen. He's got 37 innings. I know he's on the IL, but uh, he's, it's not a huge sample size, but when you compare it to some of the other guys, I mean, he's got more innings than Tommy Henry. That's a starter. That doesn't really count. He's got almost as many innings as Ian Kennedy this season. And his ERA is 2.19. That's very low. Uh, he's got a whip of 1.08. That's very low. I like Kyle Nelson as a youth option moving forward. Um, but Mark Melanson, his ERA is almost five. Ian Kennedy, 4.2. No way Ramirez, who got DFA'd, 5.2. They've had a rough go at it in the bullpen this season. J.B. Wendelkin, 5.3 almost. Uh, Kevin Ginkle, over four. It's just a really bad bullpen. And I, I do wonder what you think of this. What is the Diamondbacks' track record when it comes to determining, is this guy a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher? Because we've seen a couple guys go back and forth. There was the Luke Weaver experiment. Uh, there's Caleb Smith, obviously, is is kind of a constant battle of which one is he. Um, what do you think this regime, and I don't know if it's a Hazen question or if it's a Lavello question or maybe both, um, what's their track record of determining, is this guy a reliever or a starter? Huh, that's a good question. Um, Archie plays a role seems, in this, I think. I was, I was going to say, it seems like for the most part, since Tori and Mike Hazen and their staffs has, uh, has taken over, it's been more that the starters have become relievers um, because like you mentioned, Archie, obviously, I mean, that was kind of a different circumstance because Archie was a starter. Then he got hit in the face with a line drive and then they kind of eased him back and he really settled into that late inning relief guy role. And he, it, it was working out really well, especially in 2017. Um, so that worked for them. Caleb Smith was horrible as a starter. I mean, Let's not forget at the beginning of this season, Caleb Smith was in the starting rotation. He made the rotation um, and, and he was awful. And then he gets put back in the bullpen again, where he hasn't been too bad, honestly, um, 
He's been a better reliever than he has been a starter. That's for sure. Um, Luke Weaver was just bad all around. I mean, there's, I mean, he was not good in the rotation. He wasn't good in the bullpen. And then he gets traded at the trade deadline, um, which looks like it was a pretty good trade. Emmanuel Rivera is actually hitting pretty well since he's come here. So um, I, I don't know if their track record is good, but it seems more likely that the starters get turned into relievers. Just, just thinking of those three, I don't think it's, I, I, I'm trying to think if it's happened with anyone else. I don't, think so i mean i mean corbin martin has been up and down but he and he started and been in the bullpen and but not for very long so i guess the the jury's still out there but i i don't know if their track record is good with that with those moves yeah i'm not i'm not too sold on it yet either and they're gonna have to figure that out maybe brent strom is a part of that equation too right i mean you bring in a really strong veteran uh pitching coach who has a lot of experience and maybe that's part of his gig is determining is this young guy a long-term reliever uh, because he throws harder or because he's a lefty or whatever the case may be or maybe it's just somebody who doesn't go deep into games Uh, like there was a, a time where I believed that Robbie Ray would have been a better reliever than a starter because he couldn't get into the fifth inning. Like he just, he couldn't get past that strikeouts. Yeah. High strikeout numbers, but he was also going to walk a bunch of dudes. And I don't know that he would have been a good reliever or not, but I just kind of saw an opening there. And then little did I know that he would leave the diamondbacks and win the Cy young. But I think that they're going to have a lot of important decisions to make coming up very soon on some of those guys. And I think if you're talking about next year, it, you can't just, you can't just build your bullpen with oh leftover starters who aren't going to make the rotation. Um, you can have a couple of those guys, but they need to go out and acquire. I don't know in what way they do it trade or free agency or whatnot, but they need to go out and get established relief pitching guys that have been in the bullpen and have have had success in the bullpen um, as relievers. And, because, I mean, you can't say, okay, well, Dre Jameson throws hard, so we'll just have him in the bullpen because we want Brandon Fott in the rotation. So there's one. There's our closer, you know. Um, I mean, it could work, but you can't build your whole bullpen with with just starter, starting pitchers that aren't going to make your rotation out of spring training. I don't think that's that's a that's a good strategy. You need some guys that have been there before and done it um, that hopefully aren't 40 years old, you know what I mean? But uh, – I mean, I, I, I don't think we've seen the last of Mark Melanson because obviously they gave him that two-year deal and he's under contract for next year. I think we've probably will see the last of Ian Kennedy. Um, I like what Reyes Maranta has done um, since he's gotten here. He's had a, he's had a pretty good run. Um, I like Kyle Nelson. Like you said, even though he's injured right now, I do like Kyle Nelson, but I think they need to go out and get some, established relievers maybe and try to get another closer that is actually good we're not actually trying to bring in another 40 year old closer it's it's been what what this regime has done since they got here in 2017 i mean fernando rodney brad boxberger brad boxberger wasn't 40 years old but uh you know an eight an old a cheap old reliever uh, Greg Holland, Joaquin Soria, Tyler Clippard, Mark Melanson, Ian Kennedy. It's just not worked. I think the only time it's really worked was Fernando Rodney. And even then it was a, it was kind of a roller coaster every time he came in, you know, you never knew what you were going to get. Um, but 
they need to go and get some established late inning relievers. If they're, if they want to win next year, if they want to make a playoff run next year, I think that's what they need to do. I don't know if you can just build your bullpen with guys who are starters that are just not going to make a rotation. Hey, why is Jordan Luplo still getting opportunities? That's a fantastic question. And I don't know the answer. Cause Um, there are probably five, maybe six outfielders on this team. I think five outfielders on this team I'd be more excited to watch and who I think need opportunities more than him. Yeah. I mean, and and recently too, he got called back up. Um, I can't remember who they sent down, sent down, but Oh no, they DFA'd uh, Wilmer Defoe. That's what it was. Um, But, and as soon as he comes back up, the, the dude is starting like two out of three games in a series. And, and what's even what made me even more upset was the guy who wasn't starting so Luplo could start was Corbin Carroll. I'm like, what what are we what are we doing? Like, are they trying to limit Corbin Carroll's at bats? Like, I I I'm not sure. I don't think it's a ser- a service time is depending on days in the major leagues, not at bats, I believe. So it can't be a service time manipulation, but I mean, and the whole, like, their whole argument was like, well, Jordan Luplo is here to hit left-handed pitching. Um, Well, that might be what you brought him in to do, but he's certainly not doing it. Listen to this. In 98 at-bats against left-handed pitching this season, Jordan Luplo has 17 hits. 17. That's a 174 batting average a 261 on base and he's only slugging 439 against against lefties. He's got 8 home runs and 18 RBIs. 8 of his 11 home runs have come against left-handed pitching. But my goodness, 17 hits in 98 at-bats against left-handed pitching for Jordan Luplo. He's I mean, dude, he's hitting on the season 157. I mean, this this guy's no good. He's not good. So I I wanted to kind of like take the opposite end of the argument and be like, look how much better Corbin Carroll is against lefties. I'm I'm looking up his splits, Carroll's, and against left-handed pitching, it looks like he's had 12 at-bats against lefties. He's hitting 083. So it's not like Corbin Carroll has much of an argument right now that he's better against lefties. I think you would have to look at his minor league stats to really get a better picture of the whole thing. Yeah, but the argument is that, okay, you're embracing the youth movement now, right? right? You brought up your top prospect. Corbin Carroll is here. Stone Garrett is here. Why isn't he playing instead of Jordan Luplo? I mean, he has been playing, but like Jake McCarthy and Dalton Varsho and Alec Thomas. I mean, I know they're all lefties, but come on. Like, are you saying it that you're playing Jordan Luplo? Like, let's say their argument is, okay, well, we're trying to win games and Jordan Luplo can hit lefties. He can't. He cannot hit lefties. He he doesn't hit lefties. He's hitting 174 against lefties. I mean, the numbers are right there. He's not performing well against left-handed pitchers. And when you play Jordan Luplo over Corbin Carroll, I mean, that's taking away valuable playing time for one of your young stars, one of your young up-and-coming top prospects. And for for what? For what exactly? Don't you want to get these guys experience? They're going to have to face lefties eventually, right? You can't just shield them and protect them from left-handed pitching their whole career. Especially, like, if you're making the playoffs, like, let's say the Diamondbacks made the playoffs this year. Let's just, let's just dream, okay? okay. For one second, let's, they make the wild card. They make a wild card spot. 
are you really going to send Jordan Luplo up there against a left-handed pitcher in a playoff game? Really? Like, I, I mean, I wouldn't do that. I would be sending my best available player. And right now, Corbin Carroll is a better baseball player than Jordan Luplo is. I don't, I mean, it's 12 at bats against lefties. Who knows over a season how, you know, how he would perform against lefties. I mean, I, I know that it's harder as a left-handed hitter to face left-handed pitching. It's just a known fact, but are you telling me you'd really like in a game like that, send up put Jordan Luplo in the starting lineup over Corbin Carroll over Jake McCarthy over Alec Thomas over Dalton Varsho like I, I don't think that's the right move and I know we're not in that position right now but I just kind of make that connection like why wouldn't you want your young guys like Varsho Thomas Carroll getting these at bats against left-handed pitching and try to figure it out at this point I mean, if you were trying to make the playoffs and Jordan Luplo was not hitting 174 against lefties, I would understand it. If he was hitting better than that, if you're trying to make, if you're like on the cusp of making a wild card spot, but you're not, you're you're not even close right now. And just the fact that, and you don't don't you want your fans to get excited about your team with all these young, up and coming, exciting players, and then. Jordan Luplo is in the lineup batting sixth batting sixth last night against Sean Manaya. I mean, Sean Manaya stinks. And what ha- I think Jordan Luplo, I think he grounded into the two double plays last night or something. I, he, he went over last night. I'm pretty sure against Sean Manaya. And as soon as Manaya got lifted from the game, they took him out and they, they put in a uh, Corbin Carroll. So I, I don't really understand the strategy with that at this point in the season and where they are. By the way, I looked up the minor league stats this season. Uh, Corbin Carroll this year against left-handed pitching in the minors, 257 batting average. Eh, that's respectable, I it's guess. It's okay. I mean, for a left-handed hitter against left-handed pitching, that's that's fine. 342 on base. Great. 342? That's 342. okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Slugging 426 so for just, an OPS of 768. That's not just, that's not bad. I just don't get it. I'm I'm not saying that Tori Lovello is a bad manager or whatever. I'm not trying to say that. I just don't understand at this point where we are in this season why Jordan Luplo is even getting playing time. They sent him down to the minor leagues. And I, and I'm sure you saw, I think we were sending each other videos. He actually was playing really well in Reno. Yeah, he mashed but, in Reno. But he's like, he is a major league baseball player. What did you think was going to happen? Like, he go uh, like oh he figured it out and then he he comes back up and he's the same Jordan Luplo still can't hit lefties yeah so I I just don't really uh, it's fine that he's on the team I mean you have expanded rosters and whatnot right now it's fine but for him to be getting in a three game series for him to be getting two starts over Corbin Carroll just because a left handed pitcher is on the mound doesn't make sense to me at this point in the season especially with where his numbers are again 174 batting average 261 on base 439 slug against left-handed pitching 17 hits and 98 at bats yeah i don't expect to see i don't expect to see luplo on opening day i don't think he'll be on the uh, i don't think so I, i i think it would be a mistake well i mean he is another outfielder but again 
if let's just say if 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 all goes to plan your your outfielders on next year's team should be Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, Dalton Varsho, Jake McCarthy, and Stone Garrett. That's already five outfielders. That's all you need. I mean, Stone and Stone Garrett can DH against lefties if you want. He can play left field against lefties, whatever. Like you don't need Jordan Luplo on your team. You don't need him anymore. I mean, Stone Garrett has already is already performing better. I'm going to look up his, what, what is he doing against left-handed pitchers? Let's uh, find out. The last time I checked, it wasn't like, it wasn't otherworldly, but I mean, anything's really better than Luplo at this Let's point. Let's find out, That's Steve. Let's find out. Here we go. <laughs> Stone Garrett. Okay. I mean, it's a smaller sample size, sure. obviously, because he's been here less time. Okay. Sure. Ads go away. Um, in 24 at bats, he has nine hits. That's a 375 batting average. That's pretty good. One homer, three RBIs. Yeah. 400, 400 on base, 583 slug. What are we doing here? Just start Stone Garrett against the lefties. I don't understand. I don't get it. Last night, it was both. Jordan Luplo and Stone Garrett were in the lineup. Stone Garrett led off last night, which was kind of interesting. Cool. I yeah. think the argument that is even more important than just the numbers and the production and lack thereof for Luplo, the argument that matters more to me is that these guys aren't going to get better at hitting a lefty unless they face lefties. You yes. know what I mean? Like you can't shield them from that forever. I think you said that earlier. Like you have to they have to get better at it somehow. I think in September when you're not a playoff contender, I think this is the time to do it. Obviously there's spring training and you can work on things all day long, but I think that it is important that they do see some time against lefties. It's it's like any other job, right? Like the only way you truly get better at your job is to keep trying and to keep getting opportunities to, you know, to get better at whatever it is that you do. I mean, you can, you can, train and and watch all you want but you only get better at your job by actually going out there and doing it and facing the stuff that makes it more difficult for you to do your job and for baseball I think it's I think it's the same thing if you're a left-handed hitter the only way that you're going to really get better against left-handed pitching is by facing left-handed pitching you can't just shelter them forever um and like I keep going back to what I said like if they're in a playoff series against a team that has, let's say, okay, let's say that they made the playoffs and we're facing the Dodgers. Are you really going to send up Jordan Luplo to face Clayton Kershaw or Julio Urias or Tyler Anderson? Because we'd be seeing Jordan Luplo three times in a five game series. I mean, if they were playing the Dodgers, if, if, if they, if they keep using the strategy that they're doing, Right. I mean, that doesn't seem like a good strategy to me. Like, you want your best players on the field during your playoff time. I'm not saying the D-backs are going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to use the argument that you wouldn't have Jordan Luplo in, in, during a playoff game against the lefties. So why would you just put him in right now? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. Albert Pujols is sitting at 697 in the home run column. He's so close. Is he getting to 700? I hope so, man. What if he gets to 699? Is he really oh. going to retire? 
I really going to do that. I still stand on my somewhat jokingly platform that he would should come back for the Rockies and just play in Coors Field, play in home games and just try to hit a home. He would get one. Um, Man, I I want to believe that he will get to 700. I want to I want to see it. Um, And he's been playing really well since the All-Star break. It's been kind of insane what he's been doing. Um, but I don't know, man, there, I, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure everyone's got, what did I say? The D backs have 18 games left, maybe 17, 18 games, somewhere around there that every team has left. So I'm, he, he's got to hit three home runs in, in 17, 18 games. It's possible. It's possible. If he keeps playing well, if he keeps getting at bats, if he faces enough left-handed pitching, he might be able to do it. A-Rod um, retired with 696, but he was kind of forced out of the league, I guess you could say. I mean, he was missing so much yeah. time with his suspensions, and people were just fed up with him in New York. And nobody liked him. Nobody right. liked A-Rod. Right. It was more of an escape to retire for him than it was like a was, was honorable he still thing. under? Was he still under that gigantic contract the Yankees gave him when he retired, or was his contract up? I mean, I think so, but I I, I don't so well because remember that didn't yeah. they forfeit a bunch of that because he was suspended? I don't know. I don't remember I don't how remember. it all worked out. I was I was just wondering off the top of my head, like, did any was he a free agent? And nobody wanted to sign him because everyone hated him, and it just would come with the circus that is. There were the always a lot of suspension. Miami rumors. Because sure, he's from Miami yeah. and all that stuff, but right, right, right. Um, other guys on the home run leader list that were like close to benchmarks, like significant benchmarks that retired. The only other ones I see, Lou Gehrig retired at four ninety three after seventeen to. seasons. He had to retire, obvious he reasons. Sick. Uh, Fred McGriff retired at four ninety three. Mm-hmm. He was only seven shy of 500. That's a pretty big milestone. And like kind of the, the line of demarcation for Hall of Famers is 500 home Griff, runs. Where did Griffey finish when he retired? Ken Griffey Jr.? Yeah. Uh, he is seventh all time with 630. Okay, so he wasn't really near a huge benchmark. I guess 650. Not really. Nice, he was but... 30 behind Willie Mays. Yeah, okay. He was about 18 above Jim Tomei. I can't remember who retired first, to be honest, in that <laughs> in that run. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Albert Pujols is three shy. Like you said, there's about two weeks of games left. He's got the opportunity. He's not playing every day. He's not starting every day, I should say. Um, but they should really continue to give him as many opportunities as possible. And it and it stinks because they're like a good team. And, you know, on the one hand, he's not the greatest baseball player anymore. But he's yeah, still a pretty good hitter. For- they're fighting for a division, so I mean they're they're still fighting with the Brewers for the uh, the NL Central. So yeah, I mean what? Yeah, on one hand you're trying to get, you want him to get 700, you want him to do it in a Cardinals uniform in his last season, you know. So I mean, yeah, I I don't I don't know if he's gonna do it, but that would be something, man. Uh, I hope it happens. I think it's, he's got a good chance though, right? Like he's got a good chance. I mean, in it's great. In July, in July, he hit uh three twenty. in August. He hit three sixty one. <laughs> like and in September so far, he's hitting two twenty nine. So he's dropped off a bit in September, but he had a crazy July and August after the all-star break. Um, I mean, he can't, he, it's so crazy how close he is. I hope he gets it. I hope he gets it. 
just so that there's not the whole like you know well i'm i said i was gonna retire but i'm one away so i guess i'll come back yeah you don't you don't want to have to do the mr 3000 bernie mac thing where it's like i'm coming back but only to hit my one home run and then i'm retiring like nobody wants to do that and he doesn't want to do that Especially if he does what I jokingly said he should do, just come back in Coors Field with the Rockies and just hit one on opening day and then retire, you know what I mean? I hope he gets to that mark, too. It's something to keep your eyes on for the last couple weeks of the season. Also, too, you never know when you're going to get another Diamondback youngster who comes up and uh, has another debut, particularly against the Padres. That would be, uh, that seems to be something that's working for them. Unfortunately, the D-backs are done with the Padres (laughs) after this series this year, so. (laughs) Yeah, and I kind of think that they're probably done calling people up. But you never know. We'll see what happens in the next two weeks. September is always kind of a wild card, especially when you're not a contending team for the playoffs. Well, thanks so much for checking out the podcast this week. We really appreciate it. For Cody Fincher, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. You've been listening to the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.